This is the High School Football America podcast for April the 27th, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and customer service and different plans priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Well, I say it every time I get to do a uh, an interview from uh, the state of Pennsylvania. I, I love Pennsylvania, and you know, uh, even though the the Pennsylvania boy is left, you can't take Pennsylvania out of the boy. And heading to Philadelphia, where the uh, St. Joseph's Prep Hawks have done some pretty special things over the last uh, seven years. Uh, they're back to back state champs last year, finishing number ten in the High School Football America 100. A lot of kids back. We're going to talk about that on the back end of this interview. But the reason we're calling up uh, head coach. Tim Roken today, who is heading into his second year, was it was a big weekend for the Hawks. St. Joseph's Prep had three players taken in the NFL draft. Uh, IMG had the most with four, but right behind them uh, was Philadelphia. And uh, at number 35, the Lions took DeAndre Swift. Number 141, the Texans taking John Reed. And then at uh, 192, the Packers taking John Runyon. And Coach Roken's here to talk about uh, a great weekend and what should be a very special year ahead for the Hawks. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for our uh, for our community at St. Joe's Prep uh, and in our football program, and uh, three great young men um, joining the NFL ranks and uh, going to be great ambassadors for our program as well. Yeah, no doubt. And you've got a lot of kids uh, that are probably uh, this year going to be in the same position four years or so from now. But let's uh, let's take you back. And before I started rolling tape here, I was reminiscing about uh, living in Southern California. And you guys came out there and took on uh, Oaks Christian and, and did a number on them. And we're going to start with uh, DeAndre Swift, because as I said to you, I remember you put him in the slot and 80, 80 yards later, it was 7 nothing Hawks, which was kind of cool for this Pennsylvania guy to, to laugh at all the Southern Californians who thought we weren't that good. But uh, let's Let's start with there. What are your memories of DeAndre Swift other than he was a, a pretty darn good football player for the Hawks? Uh, DeAndre's, you know, always uh, been a very upstanding young man. Uh, you know, his parents, Darren and Ayana, uh, done a great job raising him. And, you know, the first thing that jumps out to you is, is a smile on his face, uh, light up a room, and um, was always very coachable, uh, always a very driven uh, young man, always wanted to be great. Uh, put a lot of pressure uh, on himself at a young age uh, to hold himself to a very high standard. Um, and but in time and being able to to learn and develop under uh, some some older guys within the program, uh, including John Reed, uh, who was also drafted, and, and Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, who's who's uh, with the Falcons and was uh, picked up as a, a undrafted free agent last year. Um, they both were seniors when he was a sophomore and, uh, he was able to learn from them at a young age and developing leadership. And, uh, and then as they left, he became, uh, our, you know, our, um, you know, the, the leader of our, our program. And, you know, uh, he went on to, to create things for us, obviously, and, and, and do that at the, at the same, at the same, uh, at the, at the university of Georgia, uh, and kind of take the same path under, uh, Sony and uh, Nick Chubb there. 
Talking to Tim Roken, the head coach of St. Joseph's Prep, three players taken in the NFL draft over the weekend. Uh, I mentioned, you know, putting DeAndre in the slot, and you're an offensive guy. You know, the guy that uh, went to East Stroudsburg University had to sneak that one in there, give the Warriors a little shout out there. But uh, as, as the guy that's able to, to have a, a, you know, you've had a lot of weapons, but in DeAndre, you could put him wherever, right? Like I said, you put him in the slot. <laughs> that, uh, that game out there in Southern California. What was it like to be an offensive mind and knowing you could put him anywhere on the field and he'd perform whether it's running ball or, or catching the football yeah i mean part of it is is making sure you're you know as an offensive coordinator that, that you want to put your players in the best position possible and, and 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 put your team in the best position possible and uh getting the ball uh to deandre swift in space uh was was pretty ideal uh in terms of uh you know making sure that there would probably be something good that that came out on the other end of it um but no, absolutely. He was, you know, he was someone that came in as a freshman and we knew uh, very, very early that we needed to find ways that we could find to uh, find ways to get him involved in the offense, uh, but not overload him with information that uh, it would, it would hurt his performance. Um, you know, so I think our coaches did a great job at, at trying to find ways to, to get him, to get him involved in, uh, you know, catching screen passes, putting him in the backfield, running uh, zone and power and, you know, screen passes. And then as, as well as some, uh, you know, routes from the slot uh, also. And uh, we asked, we asked kind of asked that of, of our running backs, um, you know, within our system so that, you know, you know, with our kind of up-tempo and tempo system that we don't have to take them off the field. And DeAndre uh, took it upon himself to make sure that he got with the coaches and uh, wanted to make sure that he, he, he could uh, maximize his, his uh, potential being on the field as many uh, plays as possible. So uh, he made it, took it upon himself to make sure that he was going to find, uh, he was going to make sure he knew as much of the offense as possible to, to do that for us. Make that OC look like a genius, right, Coach? <laughs> yeah, those guys, uh, those guys, those guys, uh, you know, help me sleep a little bit more at night, and uh, you know, make my job a little bit easier for sure. So, Tim Rokin on the line, St. Joseph's Prep. It's going to be a big 2020 when we get to it, and I do think we're going to get to it this year. Uh, let's let's get a few thoughts here before we turn our attention to 2020. Uh, John Reed, I remember uh, that was uh, the, I was back in Pennsylvania a lot when he was playing his senior year and had a chance to watch him. But uh, thoughts on on John. It was also great for the, the fans there to be able to keep it close to home and watch him play his college ball at Penn State. But what do you remember about John as a Hawk? Yeah, so, you know, John, uh, again, very, very similar to DeAndre, made, made an impact on, within our uh, program very early. You know, we, uh, he went to a camp with us. Um, I remember the day he graduated uh, from grade school. Uh, he went to, we were leaving for a camp to go to Boston College. Uh, and he went up there and earned himself a scholarship uh, before technically probably even became a, a St. Joe's Prep Hawk in terms of putting on the uniform. But uh, from that day, I mean, and very early, you, you knew John was, again, just someone that was just so driven uh, and competitive, um, you know, that, that always uh, wanted to be a, a student of the game. And that's something that, you know, that, um, the stories are endless of, of him, at, uh, you know, just trying to kind of get an extra film work and, uh, you know, I remember going up to him, going up to Penn State on on his recruit visit, and they're having the barbecue and all that good stuff outside. And he just wanted to go up in coach's office and watch some film. I mean, this is a young man that is just dedicated to the game and trying to find ways to get better. And uh, you know, I think he had a, an outstanding performance in Indianapolis that turned into you know him shooting up the draft uh, board. And 
um, you know, Coach O'Brien, uh, who was, uh, when we won our first state title in 2013, was standing on our sideline when John Reed ran down the sideline and caught the uh, touchdown pass uh, to start off the second half. He ran right past Coach O'Brien, and he was going to go there. And then Coach O'Brien went up, went, went up going off to the Texans. And here we are a few years later, and he's able to draft them uh, to his uh, to his organization. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing for him. Full circle there for him. Tim, Ro- Tim Roken on the line, uh, head coach at St. Joseph's Prep. And uh, I want some thoughts on John Runyon, but, you know, we've got the NFL uh, pedigree there. I mean, bloodline, I guess, is the best thing to call it with his dad playing. Uh, you guys also have several players on the team this year that have that NFL bloodline. So thoughts on John, but I'd also like you to talk a little bit, if you can, about the pressure on the kids, right? The kids that have dads that played at the, the level, you know, on Sundays and all that. What are some of the things that you guys do in the program to to take a little bit of that pressure off? Because we know those kids are pressurized just from the fact that their last name is, you know, dot, 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 fill in the blanks, right? So tell me a little bit about John and how you think he did with that and how you kind of talk to these other players about uh, making sure you, you, you know, you're your own man, if you will. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, John, again, came in with the same thing. He was, uh, you know, I, I would I always look back as I laugh. You know, I, I, he came in. He was tall, lanky, and you know, he, he's he's always been very athletic. Um, you know, before he kind of blew into the blew up into the monster that he is now physically. Uh, you know, he was tall, and lanky coming in as, in, as a uh, as a freshman, and I remember in our camp, and you know, I was trying to the young me, you know, trying to find find ways offensively to, you know, score points. I'm trying to put him at tight end because, you know, he, he could run around and catch the ball and everybody's like, all right, well, you know, you realize he is going to be a tackle at the next level, right? So <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's make sure we're getting his uh, hand in the dirt. But, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't take too long where he, he was doing that for us. Um, and, you know, he, his dad was actually around a lot, uh, helped out uh, on staff a little bit uh, with our, Offensive line coaches uh, and Tom Sugden and, and John Connors at the time do do a phenomenal job in developing guys along the way. And many guys go on to Division One programs, and, uh, and and John Runyon obviously is a lot of them, and obviously had the genes behind it, which which is, which is a, a huge piece of it there. But you know, young another young man that you know might have had the genes in terms of the size and the you know athleticism a little bit, but he you know, was, uh, very driven, uh, to be great, uh, at what he did every day in practice, uh, in terms of reps he took and then, and then executing on game day and, uh, was a big leader for us up front, um, on the offensive line, uh, in his years of starting for us. And then obviously went on and what was for that, um, you know, for Michigan as well. And I'm sure even though, you know, he was drafted later uh, towards the end of the, uh, the the overall NFL draft. I'm sure he'll make an impact uh, very quickly in camp as well. Uh, once those guys get to that uh, point, uh, because he's a he's a very gifted young man, uh, but also understands the game uh, in terms of scheme and, and technician and stuff as well. Um, you know, your other question in terms of you know young men that we've had in our program, you know, with the last name. Um, you know, I'll be their coaches or, or, or former uh, NFL players, um, you know, from all the way from Morning Wig when I first got here, you know, to Runyon to, you know, obviously uh, Castillo was here at one point, um, you know, and, and then obviously, uh, you know, Trotter and to the Harrisons that we have now. But um, I think all those uh, young men, I think, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, all of them have kind of been uh, involved, a little bit involved in our program in ways, you know, 
even going back, you know, Marty would help out. You know, we Gabe and I would go down and um, meet with Marty and go over some things, and he would give us some tips and stuff in terms of offense. But uh, and helping myself and Gabe develop offensively, and um, you know, Runyon was was a part of the offense, was part of the uh, the staff uh, from here uh, here and there, and then. Trotter's obviously doing the same now, and part of our part of our defensive staff, and <laughs> and um, you know Mar- Marvin has been been around uh, program. We've, he's had some great conversations with with our wide receiver coaches in meetings. So, I think trying to bring them guys into the fold, um, but I also think that uh, in terms of the kids and like your question, you know, I, I think they all, yeah, no doubt, they have to find their own to find their own path, you know, to find you know for themselves. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, each of them are capable of that and, and understood that at a young age. And, um, you know, they they appreciate, obviously, all the things they're they are given, um, you know, for that. And but I think those guys do a great job of kind of keeping their head down and, and wanting to pave their own path uh, in that sense, you know, for themselves. And, and you know, all of them will, will have the opportunity to do that for sure. Talking to uh, Tim Roken, the head coach at St. Joseph's Prep. Going to flip the switch now to uh, the here and now, but I want to keep it in 19 before we get to 20. And I remember when I talked to uh, Gabe Infante uh, when he uh, when he left to, to go to Temple to become an assistant there. And I, the last interview I did, he talked about Tim. That's what he said. He goes, Tim's going to be fine. I left the cupboard pretty full, which, of course, he did, getting a big championship last year, number 10 national ranking. And a lot of those kids are back. Uh, uh, Kyle McCord, the, the quarterback, going to Ohio State and and why I want to go back to 19 isn't to talk about the championship but the way you did it because you didn't have your star quarterback in Kyle McCord and if I remember correctly I don't think Jeremiah Trotter Jr. played in the championship game either so the question is this how much even though you have all this talent how much did the the end where some other kids had to step up maybe out of position and do that how much does that help you as you go into 2020? I think it's um, you know a, a huge you know showed the the confidence and you know to, to you know how tight that group uh, was you know obviously we're we're going to be missing going into this next season as every year has a one year uh, every season has a one year life expectancy I mean you know we got to go into a whole new year with a whole new set of uh, seniors that, that are developing into leaders. And, and I think that was a huge piece of it last year uh, with our guys and is our senior leadership, um, you know, within our, within our program and as well as, you know, the leadership within, I think our individual, um, the individual position groups as our coaches do a great job of emulating that for them. Um, and then in terms of those guys, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we lost, <laughs> Jeremiah, uh, week five earlier in the season, uh, and then Kyle, uh, pretty much for the playoff run. And, um, you know, to have guys step up uh, that, you know, unbelievable. I mean, Josiah, you know, Jeremiah's younger brother, who's, who's a, a freshman, uh, how he was still a puppy, you know, when he had to jump into Jeremiah's shoes, but how much he developed over that time, over those last, you know, seven, eight games of the season. Uh, and how much of a, on a, uh, a different of a level he was playing at at the end of the year is huge for him, just the confidence going into the next year of playing that position. Uh, and then as well as, you know, on the, on the offensive side of the ball, we had to move Malik Cooper, who, who, who had played the quarterback position, but obviously was was doing well for us at the wide receiver position, um, you know, and had to go back to, to quarterback and, and and the guys rallied around them, and I think you know we have that kind of next man up mentality, 
uh, as a team. Um, you know, I think our coaches do a great job of developing the young men within our program uh, to have that confidence, to be able to develop every day, and 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 even if they're not to not the you know the the, the twenty two kind of stepping out in the field at first. Um, you know, it only takes one and, and their number is going to be called and they, they want to make sure that they're ready. So, um, you know, but I think as a group, you know, moving forward, you know, obviously coming off a successful year is great in the way we end it. Uh, you know, it who's was it was starting off on the right foot in terms of uh, the leadership in the weight room and uh, in terms of the 2020 season, in terms of January and February and kind of where we were. Um, and I think right now and kind of where we are, uh, it's even more important where our, our rising seniors and, you know, some key rising juniors within our program uh, have to make sure that we're continuing to develop uh, through this time uh, so that when we come back, we can hit, hit on all cylinders. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, any any special things that you're doing right now as the, the head coach or the assistants trying to keep these kids focused on the fact that, yeah, you're not in school, it's not time to mess around, that at some point we're going to hit hit the hit the field again? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't want to, everybody's, uh, you know, no one's, no one's hearing excuses, you know, coming out the other end, uh, you know, and, and then we'll get out into the field and, um, you know, we got to make sure we find ways uh, to, to get better uh, every week. And I think our coaches are doing a great job of meeting with their individual um, groups. Uh, they're meeting the, uh, offensively and defensively as units. Uh, we're having co- uh, you know those coaches meetings as well. Um, I think our guys are you know they have two different types of, of workouts that they have available right now. One with guys that do have some access to weights uh, that can be used either with a dumbbells or a barbell, and then uh, weight you know workout for for a home body workout, and then uh, then having our leadership uh, meeting with our leadership committee later today. Um, and you know just just making sure that that guys are, are staying engaged. Uh, guys are continuing to develop physically, mentally, uh, as much as we can uh, in whatever ways we can uh, that are at our disposal right now. So, yeah, got to be creative at this point in time. Talking with uh, Tim yeah. Roken right now, St. Joseph's Prep. Uh, as we wind things down here on the interview, they will be one of the top teams when we finally release our uh, preseason 100. Which, again, as I tell everybody, it's just for fun, folks. Uh, the algorithm does what's on the field, but uh, I think Coach Roken will like where uh, the Hawks are starting 2020. And uh, here, here's the question: I remember Gabe used to say this all the time. We will play anyone, any place, any time, and uh, you don't have the whole schedule announced yet, but uh, you, you open up in Texas against a, uh, a defending state champ, a team that has played in two straight state championships, and oh, by the way, they're only two years old. <laughs> so I'm assuming you accepted Gabe's uh, challenge uh, the same way, that mentality, right? We'll play anybody, any place, at any time? Absolutely. You know, I think it's part of our uh, culture in terms of, you know, building that competition uh, within our guys. And, you know, we want to go compete against the best and, you know, having those opportunities, thankfully. And, and, you know, usually this is kind of that that first opening game is usually our big travel game. Uh, And we're going to take that down to, to Texas this year to Houston. Uh, to open up against Shadow Creek, and they're like you said, they're they're a young program, but very uh, productive and uh, been successful the last two years. And um, you know, look forward to having an opportunity to to put uh, both of our programs together on uh, what could be a nationally televised game, and um, you know, and, and put our product out there and and start 
start off the year and, and, and kind of take, you know, the 2020 journey. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I said to Gabe before, you guys don't like duck anybody on those travel games either. It's always a, a, a top one. I know you also have St. John's on there, but I, you know what I wanted to talk to you about is being an alum of, of the Philadelphia Catholic League, playing there uh, during your high school ball. And uh, just get, give you a chance here to brag a little bit uh, for the people around the country that don't know how good the Philadelphia Catholic League is. Why don't you, you put on your, uh, your ambassador hat for the, for the entire league and, and, and give people a little bit of a little bit of knowledge on it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this goes back to me kind of learning a little bit more about this when I used to work with the U.S. Army All-American game. And uh, I used to work with them in kind of the selection committee and, and, and working as kind of an intern there before I was hired on full time for, uh, for a year before I started coaching here at St. Joe's Prep. And uh, that's when, I, in terms of the selection of the guys, the selection of the guys and where they came from, you start to realize, you know, real quick, we're all uh, a lot of the top guys, high school guys are coming from and we're being rated as top guys in terms of Cali, Texas, and, and Florida, and Georgia, um, and, uh, you know, the Northeast here and there. Uh, but I think over the years, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, I think the, the, the schools in the Northeast and, you know, in the North Jersey and, um, you know, in Philadelphia and uh, the Maryland area, um, you know, and especially, like you said, the Philadelphia area and the Catholic League, I mean, there are a ton of, there's just so many schools and so many, so many kids. And, uh, there are some really great football coaches, uh, in the area that I think do a great job of developing their young men. And, um, and these kids are coming up and, and, you know, with all the resources they have in terms of trainers and weightlifting and speed workouts and all these different things. I mean, things that we didn't have when we were younger and, um, you know, the advantages and resources that these young men have developed in that sense. And then, you know, I think you have some great football minds up here that, that are developing some kids and, and they get, they get to the college level and, um, and then they go in with a different edge, you know, they, they, they play on a different edge and they're able to make an impact earlier. And, you know, the CSN, though, I think Pennsylvania, I think had 10 guys uh, or so, I think. Yep. Drafted you got it right. And, and I know they're <laughs> up in the, I know they're up in the top five or six or seven states, which, which is awesome. And I think, um, you know, I know there's a ton of, you know, being in the shoes that I've been for the past few years and playing against some great ones around the area and seeing them going to some great schools. I know there's going to be, I know that number is going to go up a little bit more uh, in the next few years as well. So I think it's pretty, pretty cool to see that coming out of Pennsylvania and just, just in Northeast as well. And like I said, with New Jersey and Maryland too. Yeah, no, I uh, always love bragging, and you had the number right there. It's a 10. Uh, Tim Roken on the line, and uh, last question for you, Coach. Uh, like I said, I'm Mr. Positive. I've been saying this over the last month on this podcast. There will be a 2020. It may look a little different uh, by the time we get to it, but I think it's going to be pretty close to starting on the right time. What are some of the things, once you finally get back onto the field and make sure the kids' conditioning is right and all that, uh, what are some of the boxes that you feel this team has to check to maybe live up to the expectations that are going to be thrown on it by all the national ranking services i think should just making sure that um you know with, with being having a layoff and not having the the structure that we normally have at this point uh, making sure that when we come back uh we're 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 getting back into the flow of things pretty comfortably and um you know obviously we're we're not going to have a you know depending on when this uh when we're available to get back we're, we're going to be we're probably going to be out time uh, so, you know, from a conditioning standpoint, like you mentioned, uh, from a, a scheme standpoint, uh, in terms of getting the, getting install in, um, and just making sure that, you know, we, 
each and every one of us uh, in within the program are trying to find ways to get better every day. Uh, because if if we don't if we don't you know come back from being locked up like you know <laughs> uh, some tigers right now, just waiting to get out and get on the field and get working and, and get going. If you can't come out with some um, energy and some enthusiasm come that point, then maybe you shouldn't be playing the game because, uh, you know, we're going to look forward to get back to get going when that, uh, when they give us the green light and just doing any ways possible that we can prepare and develop to get better. Um, you know, so we can start to, uh, start the year off on a good foot and, um, and see how we can end this 2020 journey. So looking forward to it. Should be fun. And you, I actually, I got one more question. I thought of this as, as you were given yeah. that answer. And uh, we have so many listeners because I'm from the Lehigh Valley and all that. All over, you know, we got 100,000 <laughs> listeners, but a lot of them are from the Lehigh Valley. And, and I was saying to you that I got to know Coach Denny Dowds at ESU during my time there. And I just thought of this question. How much of Coach Dowds is in Tim Roken? Hey, do, you have any, do you have any Denny Dowds in you at all? Just a fun question. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, there, there's a group of us as um, as former players and teammates uh, for uh, under uh, Denny Dowds that you know we're, we're coaches now, obviously including uh, Jimmy up there at, at Strasburg has taken over for him, and we were there at the same time. And I think all of us uh, and Tom Sugden, who coaches with me, I think and I think all of us have a little bit of Denny or a little bit of Terwilliger or a little bit of Santella or you know, some of those guys up there have been up there for, for many years now uh, on the staff. And uh, Denny, you know, always, you know, the, I think first and foremost, uh, made sure that he was going to um, find ways to impact you uh, as a young man, you know, uh, you know off the field. And, uh, you know, things that you would laugh at, uh, the, the start of kind of a meeting and his kind of, you know, we would have our, our Monday meetings and he would give his kind of tip of the day. Um, and they might be like some of the most senseless things, but things you don't think of or, uh, or things you would laugh at as, you know, a young, immature 18 or, you know, 21 year old, but, you know, just, you know, how, how to shake somebody's hand or how to look somebody in the eye, you know, uh, you know, for, or, or if, you know, if, if you're not comfortable talking to somebody looking at the eye, stare at their eyebrow, you know, they'll, they'll never know the difference or, you know, uh, when somebody asks you to, uh, for the salt or pepper, you know, pass them both, you know, at the dinner table, like little things like that, like that, that will stick with you, right? When you're out to dinner or you're, or you're going to shake someone's hand, it's, it's crazy. But uh, they're the type of things that, you know, obviously not, you know, he, he taught us a lot about the game, uh, but I think something that he wanted to make sure that he was making an impact. And I think that, you know, as a coach, I, I always want to make to make sure to do that as well as, uh, make sure that we're developing our guys as, as young men uh, to be able to go and do great things, uh, you know, as fathers and husbands and things like that, too. So, Oh, yeah. It's, it's so funny as you were describing him there. And I was kind of going back. I told you before we rolled the tape here that sometimes I would say, Denny, we're on we're on camera here. You shouldn't really be saying that. But of yeah, course, he, he trusted me, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and he knows every and he knows every Sunday any any road trip we've taken or any he's taken he knows where the best Sunday places in the area. <laughs> he's got a you know a, a sweet tooth in that sense. I remember doing a, an interview in Strasbourg and we had to go travel somewhere. And of course, you know, anytime we did, you know, we had to stop and get a Sunday or something. So, yeah, uh, you know, very enjoyable from that sense. Well, I, I think you know as you described in there, I'm sitting there thinking him. He may have been Mike Leach before there was a Mike Leach. The way he tossed the ball around a lot. <laughs> And just kind of being a little quirky. That will leave it at and, that. But. And somebody, if somebody had a mic on him in those early two thousand days, I tell you what, he was, uh, you know, he was he was something else. But yeah. uh, 
you know, love him to death. Uh, and, you know, obviously Jimmy's done a great job of taking, filling his shoes up there and uh, moving on there, so. Yeah, no, but it, it's fun to reminisce about him a little bit. But, Coach, uh, to, to wrap up, uh, you know, best of luck. We're excited to see where the Hawks will end when the algorithm spits it out. I know you got one more game to put in there, so we'll see where you guys fall. And uh, just thank you for taking the time to uh, to enlighten the country on uh, what you guys have been building there since uh, Gabe Infante took over, and now you've got the reign. So uh, best of luck in 2020 to everybody. Yeah, appreciate you having me, and go Hawks. That's Tim Rokins, St. Joseph's Prep, the head coach of the program, heading into his second year. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and customer service and different plans. Priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com.